Welcome to the podcast series, Redefined in Christ. Each episode explores what it means to live a life of freedom through what Christ accomplished on the cross. So let's listen in on what our host, Tim Atterbury, is teaching on today. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today we'll be talking about reconciliation. So I have a very important message for you. This is one of the greatest messages anyone could ever share, and so I'm going to share it with you. You have been forgiven. Can you say that with me? Just say, you have been forgiven. Come on, one more time with me. Here we go. You have been forgiven. That's right. We've all been forgiven. But before we can understand how God's forgiveness happens, we must first understand when it happened. I believe this is important and foundational. It's amazing how we have complicated things. Although it may be true that the process of going from under the curse of sin to being freed from it includes things like repentance, justification, regeneration, being born again. Have you heard these? We can often get so sidetracked in what it all truly means. I mean, we continue with processes like sanctification, water baptism, baptism in the Holy Ghost. Well, You've heard these things or parts of these things, but when we talk about them all, sometimes we lose the simplicity of the message of the gospel. You have been forgiven. We can easily use our own minds to conjure up imaginations about all of this that confuse us about the gospel of Jesus Christ and leave behind the message that saved us without ever realizing how far we've strayed away from it. So when did it happen? It happened at the cross. But of course you knew that, right? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. But wait, I have been taught all my life that my sins were taken away when I got saved. Somehow, I also learned that I keep sinning. Doesn't that message put a damper on things? I was forgiven of all my sins just to commit them all again. Or so it would seem to those who get saved every year at summer camp. Dying daily to sin. What a story. Didn't Paul say, I die daily? In 1 Corinthians 15.31 he says, I affirm by the pride in you that I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die every day. You know, many translations state it a little differently. They interpret it as saying, I face death every day. However, when I looked at the Greek, it seems clear that he says he dies every day. So what does that mean? It can mean that Paul submits his mind to the mind of Christ every day, dying to the lies that the mortal body and what he calls vain imaginations from taking control. The mind is a place sin tries to live. We must die to those notions, and we must take up the cross daily. I don't believe he saw himself as an active sinner, sinning every day and having to be forgiven of it. Listen to what he says just a few more verses down. He says, come to your senses and stop sinning, for some people are ignorant about God. I say this to your shame. He's telling them to sober up righteously. And as you can see, he's certainly not saying that he's sinning every day and telling them to stop. So Paul died with Christ in his understanding on the cross, spiritually speaking, by his own testimony. But he does teach that we must always put on the mind of Christ. Our souls, our minds are continuously a battlefield. 
It's a fight for the soul. We must always keep our minds under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So we must conclude that we all died on the cross with Christ, baptized into his death, and now living in him. This is our understanding of moving from lost to found, sinner to saved, darkness to light. You get it. I've covered all these in previous lessons. Listen, God forgave us all through Jesus Christ. The gospel is a message of forgiveness. There are those who teach that there are sins which Jesus cannot forgive. They get locked up in the unpardonable sin. They get caught up in saying things like blasphemy is unforgivable. That using the Lord's name is vain, in vain is unforgivable, and, and that sin unto death is unforgivable. We could discuss these interpretations, but it's easier to step back and know by the volume of Scripture in the New Testament that Jesus rid the world of sin and all sin was pardoned. If you start there, from that very strong message of the gospel, then these other Scriptures and how to interpret them become easier to understand. There are Christians that don't practice a life of forgiveness, but a life of judgment over others. There are religions that speak of the cross, but don't believe that Jesus took all of their sins away. And there are those who call themselves Christians who refuse fellowship with others in Christ because they believe differently about the Trinity or live a deluded gospel that makes them arrogant or sometimes exclusive. And all of these call themselves Christians. Lord knows I've probably fallen into one or more of these categories at some point in the past, but now I realize the truth more and more about the gospel of grace of God through Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. He says, I am amazed that you're so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to change the good news about the Messiah. It is true that in all of our studies, spiritual ideologies, doctrines, and denominationalism, It's easy to lose the message of the gospel of grace. Many want to downplay the love and focus on judgment. Preaching judgment on the sinner was never a focus of the New Testament, although judgment does have its place. However, love is the strongest point of the gospel, and the strongest form of God's love is forgiveness. But I count my life of no value to myself, So that I may finish my course in the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. Those were the words of Paul, Acts 20, 24. Even Paul, after ministering so much and facing imprisonment, refocused us on the clarity of what the gospel is. It is good news. Almost unbelievable good news. It is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the fact that we have been freed from sin by the sacrifice of God's Son. And most of all, it is a message of the gospel of God's grace, His favor on us, His unfailing love for us. This is the gospel, the story of how God loves us. For God so loved the world, said John, quoting Jesus. It's how Jesus introduced us to His Father. When Jesus died on the cross, he reconciled the entire human race to God. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 puts it this way. Everything is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. To be reconciled means that everything is restored. There is no one in the past, present, or future that will be reconciled to God. It was all done on the cross. 
Look at what the Bible says in Colossians 1.20. And through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. <laughs> there will come a day in the future when every knee shall bow in heaven and earth, under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Philippians 2, 10 and 11. So as you can see, our sin was taken away and it happened because Jesus gave his life as a ransom for our sins. Everything Paul wrote here in Romans 5, 6 through 11 is the work of Jesus on the cross. I want you to listen. I want us to pay attention, particular attention to what all happened and when it happened. Notice the past tense. It's already done. Let's look at Romans 5, 6 through 11. When I read this, I want us to think about when God reconciled us to himself. It says, For while we were still helpless, at the appointed moment, Christ died for the ungodly. He's saying when we were weak and helpless, he died for us. Then he says, For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. In verse 8, But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And verse 9 says, Much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from wrath. Look, we have been declared righteous. Verse 10 says, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled, were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled, will we be saved through his life? You see, we were reconciled to God through the death of Jesus. Verse 11 says, And not only that, but we also in God through our Lord Jesus Christ have now received this reconciliation through him. The whole chapter of Romans 5 speaks of the reconciliation of us to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus. God reconciled us to himself. He, it was a complete work. There, there's no other sacrifice the crucifixion of Jesus is sufficient for everything God needs to do for reconciliation of the whole world. Look, in Colossians, Paul begins with speaking about how Christ is at the center of everything. But for our purpose today, let's look at what he says in verses 20 and 22. Colossians 1, 19 through 22 says it like this. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Notice he said everything, reconciled everything to himself. Verse 21, once you were alienated and hostile in your minds because of your evil actions. 22, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. We have been reconciled by his physical death on the cross and made holy and free from all accusation. Through Jesus, everything was reconciled to God. How? By making peace through the blood of his cross. Everything was reconciled. Everything on earth and in heaven. It was all done on the cross. <laughs> Hanging there on the cross, Jesus cried out, John nineteen thirty. It is finished. 
The father turned away from the son, and the physical body of Jesus hung there, taking on every sin, and he even became sin for us. Every sin that had ever been committed and ever would be committed, in that very moment, Jesus took it all on, all of the sin of the world. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So why am I teaching on the subject of reconciliation? Because now this ministry is our message. 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20 says, Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. 19 says, That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and has committed this message of reconciliation to us. So now this ministry is our message, that everyone was reconciled to God, and now you've been freed from your sins, your trespasses, and you have been made right before God. The question is for every one of us, do we believe? If we believe it and confess it, then we can live in eternal freedom. Verse 20 says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, certain that God was appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. What are we pleading? Be reconciled to God. We're pleading on Christ's behalf for God and appealing to others. We're asking others to be reconciled to God, to believe and by faith receive this reconciliation that took place on the cross. Our message of being reconciled to God is based on our faith that Jesus is who he is and did what he said he did. He took away sin and placed us in right standing with God. We've been justified, and by this act of Christ, there's no accusation or judgment over us. Ephesians 2, 15, 16 says, In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressions and regulations, so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross and put the hostility to death by it. He's talking about the two, the Gentiles and the Jews. Listen, in this letter, he's referring the hostility between those two groups, between those attempting to be saved through the law and those saved through grace. Between these two groups, verse 13 says, For he is our peace, who made us both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. All of us, Jew and non-Jew, the two parts were the law of Moses fulfilled in Christ and the living in grace of God through the new covenant. Therefore, friends, what are we going to do with Jesus and the message he has imputed to us? We must allow this mind shift to happen. We must be the ambassadors of this message to bring the glory to God in this world. We live in a world that we view as full of sin, but Jesus took it away. This may be impossible to imagine, so consider it this way. He took away the power of sin to rule and therefore makes it powerless. A powerless darkness, deception, and lie are laid waste at the feet and at the faith of the saint. Hmm. We have been freed from sin. It no longer has a right to exist in you or me. We must think differently about those around us. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that we must change our minds, we must 
be transformed, have our minds renovated to a new thinking pattern. Our new thinking is to see a world that has been freed from sin. And those who practice a life of sin and live in that darkness must be given this message. Be reconciled to God, pleading with them. We must explain to them that they are victims of a lie and that they no longer have to believe it. They've been forgiven. Their sins have been forgiven. They only need to accept Jesus and his work on the cross through his death and resurrection and let his spirit be ruler over their lives to keep their carnal thinking under control of the power of the resurrection in their lives. (laughs) This is the good news. This is the gospel. You've been forgiven. There's no better news. And there's no other gospel. Only the sacrifice of Jesus could take away sin and reconcile us to God through grace and faith. We live in a world where everyone's sin has been forgiven. However, some do not know it and do not want to believe that they were forgiven through Jesus Christ on the cross. We think differently, don't we? We do not conform to the pattern of this world. But Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In 2 Corinthians 5.16, listen to what it says. From now on, then, we do not know anyone in a purely human way. This is the kind of change that takes place in this Christ consciousness, in this mindset of Christ. We must think differently. We must see the sinner as a lost soul that God is trying to find. We have a ministry. It's called reconciliation, and it's on God's behalf. Jesus came to complete a work that starts with laws and rules in the Old Covenant we call the Old Testament. But it, it was really an Old Covenant God had with his chosen people from Exodus throughout the rest of the Old Testament times. But through the cross, we receive the grace of God through Jesus Christ. This is our new covenant. We find it at the beginning of the New Testament. All of us have opportunity to live in freedom from sin and death through this covenant with God. Those who do not understand live in a lie. They live in darkness and do not believe there is forgiveness in the cross of Christ for their sins. But this is the message God has given to all of us. You have been forgiven. And this is our message to everyone. You have been forgiven. If you carry another message to a wounded, hurting, dying soul, you are not delivering the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you see or hear of someone who has chosen to live in darkness, plead to them on God's behalf. Don't judge or condemn them. This is not our work. It is the work of the cross that accomplished all judgment. Any future judgment comes from the Father or the Son in a future time and place. But for now, we have a message of love to carry to the world. You have been forgiven. And who God has set free is completely free. So, What does all this mean, really mean to us to be free? First, we must understand what happened on the cross. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross, the purpose was to reconcile man to God. We must have the same heart, the heart of Jesus, and use love to compel those around us to open their eyes and see what Jesus did on the cross. He took away our sin. We only need to accept it. We must walk in that knowledge. It was in that moment on the cross, not today, Not in the future, but on that day, on the cross, we all died. It's something we must accept by faith. He took the sin of your life and my life upon himself. We died with him. 
2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For Christ's love compels us, since we have reached this conclusion. If one died for all, then all died. And 15 says, And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. So you see, we're, not, we're no longer living for ourselves, but for him. As Christians, we live a different life. We accept this gospel in faith. It's not something normal or natural. It's supernatural. What God has done in us has changed our thinking about everything around us. Everyone's sins were absorbed in the cross over 2,000 years ago. We're free, all of us. But we're not all walking in that freedom. Why? Because people choose to walk in darkness rather than the light of Christ, according to John 3. Jesus explains this clearly. He tells Nicodemus that new birth comes from the Spirit helping us to see the kingdom of God. We enter the kingdom through this new birth. It took place when Jesus was lifted up on the cross. John 3, 14. 16 through 19 says this. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that in this way, he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send his Son into the world that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This, then, is the judgment. The light has come to the world, and the people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So you see, we must plead with the world to be reconciled to God and walk out of that darkness into his marvelous light. As always, friends, remember, faith works through love, and this is how we know we're reconciled to God. So let's practice our trust in God through sharing his love with others. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you on the next podcast, uh, hopefully in a week. We will be talking about the principles that we need to live by, the new principles that we live in under the new covenant when we are in Christ. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to tell your friends that they can find it on most major distributions. Just search Tim Atterbury or the title Redefined in Christ. You can learn more about Tim, his mission work in Honduras, and transcripts of these podcasts at www.timatterbury.website. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, faith works through love.